Welcome to the definitive guide to scaling a direct consumer e-commerce business in the world of Facebook. We're going to cover a lot of things today because I feel like there's a lot of missing pieces. A lot of brands are good. A lot of marketers are smart. There's a great blueprint to what to follow. The problem is a lot of it lacks complete context. There's good pieces here and a good piece over there, but putting them together is something that most people miss. And far too many folks are chasing out of context wins that might sound good, might feel good today, but ultimately it's stepping over dollars to pick up pennies. And one of the things I say all the time is you can't move mountains if you're worried about the pebbles. So let's focus on what's a pebble, what's a mountain moving decision. And that's really gonna come on the back of three super important skills that you need to understand. So today we're gonna to dive into those particular things here in just a minute. But first, I wanna say this. I know you can be literally anywhere on the internet right now and you've chosen to be here and I really appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, drop comments below. If you like it, just let me know. All those comments help. If you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and subscribe, set it up to auto download. You don't even have to listen to it, but that helps, that goes a long way. And if you're watching these in little clips, Please go ahead and tell your friends and do not be uh, afraid to ask questions, share this, let me know feedback, what else you'd like to understand and how else I can be of help. If you dig this video, if you like this information, if this type of content is good for you, do not be afraid to go to newsletter.facebookdisruptor.com and sign up for the Shape of Disrupt newsletter. Every single week, there's going to be fresh information in your inbox from me to you for free to scale your business and your success. And ultimately, if you want to take it to the next level, the best in class education, get the Facebook Ads MBA program, mba.facebookdisruptor.com. So let's dive into this. You can go down in the description below to understand a lot more information and check out the article accompanying the video on YouTube. And let's, with that, dive into skill number one that you need to understand, which is the hero product. Far too many people make the mistake of trying to run ads to a lot of products. And it makes sense. Well, we've got four or five things that are profitable. Great. However, when you're using growth and acquisition media, it's not about making four or five different customer journeys. It's about doing one thing really well. And there's more than a few reasons for this. On the machine learning side, because we're using Facebook ads, or TikTok, or YouTube, or literally any optimized CPM environment built on data to give people a user experience based on the meritocracy of ads through a business, which is basically all social. You need to understand that every investment you make is growing the strength and validity and knowledge base for the machine learning to deliver a simple business objective and goal for your brand. The problem is when you chase four or five different moving objects, you are effectively making, you are not investing as much as you can in doing one thing well, you're making multiple things good enough. Four or five B minuses is never gonna be as good as an A plus. If you get the queen on the chessboard version of a hero product, you're gonna be able to go anywhere. Having four or five rooks and knights and pawns and bishops, that's great but ultimately it's never gonna be as good as having the queen on the chessboard. 
What you need to do is figure out what's your queen on the chessboard. Now we use the profitable scaling margin equation to really understand what's the best offer for our business objective, where we can afford to scale the front end of our business. Now on the Facebook machine learning side, that allows Facebook to get smarter and smarter doing that one thing exceptionally well. You're basically training your best employee to do one job very, very, very well. And investing in that makes it very easy to get some other sides of the business accounted for. And that's what we have to get into it because it's not just ROAS on Facebook. Because remember, ROAS doesn't mean anything. We have to understand that there are other needs in the business. Inventory, conversion rate optimization, second purchase rate, how likely is somebody to come back and buy again, improving the LTV. These business metrics that ultimately grow a business have very little to do with how many things can we sell at a profit. It has a lot more to do with how many profitable customer journeys can we create? How stable and projectable are those journeys? And how good are we at making those journeys more profitable? And can we increase the volume of them in a steady, projectable way? That's how you make a lot of money. It's never do a bunch of things well. It's do one thing exceptionally well and scale it. Doing a good work in a lot of places isn't nearly as good as doing the best you can and getting better at it. So part of the reason that this is really important is when you're trying to improve what happens after the click, you have to focus on conversion rate, click-through rate, AOV, upsells, LTV, all of this stuff. It's a lot easier to do that when you've got more data to test what happens in your funnel. Remember, the marketing funnel basically ends at the customer journey. That customer journey is effectively a funnel that starts at a purchase, but hopefully ends in acquiring a customer. Because making a sale and acquiring a customer are two very different things. Getting somebody that wants to come back and buy from you over and over again, far more valuable than making a profitable sale to somebody that distracts you from the acquisition of more people that are gonna buy from you again. So. Let's break this down a little bit more. You want more data. You want more information. You wanna be able to move faster with higher confidence and get better and better at doing one thing exceptionally well. Problem is, if you're spending money promoting four or five different ads, four or five different offers, four or five different products, let's say it's an even split. Each one of those things is getting 20% of your effort, not 100. The question is, if one of them gives you a 10% profit, another gives you 50. Every time you make a 10% profit on one product, that comes at the expense of making that 50% profit a 55. One of those things is exceptionally better for your bottom line. Now, maybe that 50% profit is great, but that person never buys again. And the 10% product, those people are worth three times more over the lifetime. When you're chasing day of cash flow with that 50% markup, you're actually hurting long-term cash flow and the growth of your business because you're not investing in building a customer relationship of greater value. Let's try to bring this in a different way. If you are trying to sell one product or trying to grow your business, when you focus on getting one product and all of your traffic goes to that one thing, that means every click, every impression, every ad 
It all goes to making your strongest business operation stronger. Now, why this helps is it also means that your email flows don't have to cater to five different types of customers or 20. It means that your efforts to optimize your landing page are all built around ads that do one thing really well, which means you're also going to get much more stable results out of your ads because instead of trying to show a bunch of different people, a bunch of different products, and hopefully they pick the right one that you want to steer them to, which is creating offer confusion in the marketplace. Now you're just focusing them on doing one thing and you get them to do that one thing really well and stop confusing the customer and also massively ramping up the volume of data you get on your conversion rate, optimization efforts after the click. Also the email flow. How much easier is it for you to understand how to get somebody to buy a second time if, you have, if you're selling five different things versus doing one? How complex of a problem do you want to have? The simpler the problem and the simpler the solution, the greater amount of stability and projectability of the outcome, which ultimately means the greater amount of scale you're going to get for your business. This also makes it much easier to understand costs, inventory, and support for your business. How many different SKUs do you want to hold in inventory that maybe you sell, maybe you don't? Versus one thing you know, if I buy this much, it's going to sell out and all I got to do is continue to push it. I'm not saying don't sell multiple products. People can come into your store and decide to buy multiple things. That's fine. Nike sells way more socks and trainers, jogging pants than they do uh, Jordans, but they promote the Jordan more than anything else. McDonald's sells way more soft drinks than they do Big Macs, but they pretty much promote the Big Mac as their primary offer. Now, you can take exceptions to this and find all of the other things that they do, but remember, they're also, these are talking billion-dollar companies. The point is, you don't need to run your business like a billion-dollar company to be successful. You need to focus on the one thing that you can do that's exceptionally good that gives you a greater opportunity to improve the LTV of your customer as a multiple over the cost it, for you to acquire them. That's that PSM equation. We're going to get to more of that in a minute. And ultimately, what separates you in the marketplace? What's your unique selling proposition? And we'll get to that here in a minute as well. Your hero product needs to be the thing that best fits your ability to spend money today and your needs as a business to grow in the future that also allows you to get more secondary purchases and third and fourth purchases because each one of those is another opportunity to improve the aov of that purchase and the more customers you get that are worth more and more money to you the more money you can spend to acquire a customer so your costs on the platform can go up because ultimately you're still able to scale your budget against scaling revenue even if that first sale doesn't grow in value because if your average customer buys once, you need to make money right then. But if they buy twice, and then over six months, you get better and better at that, and then half of them buy a third time, and a fourth and a fifth, you can spend against that future revenue to acquire that customer journey because you're no longer saying, I need to make profit on the sale today. I need to make profit on this entire customer journey. And then it's much easier to improve the conversion rate, manage the inventory, and the cost to make that thing grow. Much, much easier than chasing five or 10 or 20 moving objects that constantly shift throughout the marketplace that you're going to be 
far less confident in every decision that you make to improve those. If you have any more questions about this stuff, please drop it down below if you find value. Subscribe to the newsletter at newsletter.facebookdisruptor.com. I'm here to help. Let's dive in to the next thing. The second part of this conversation we really need to get to is LTV. You cannot scale a business on ROAS. Bottom line, that's a nonsense metric. Now, ROAS has worked for businesses to scale, especially on Facebook and other brands and other platforms, because the brands that do well ultimately have an LTV built in. And for the brands that didn't do well or that aren't built effectively, they were able to scale because honestly, the economy was booming. Anybody with any picture of anything on the internet could sell it to somebody else and make money. But in a time of a recession and in a time where, let's face it, Facebook is mature now. It is not evolving nearly as much as it used to because it's basically email. It's basically search. It's not gonna get much better because it already reached effectively its final form. And its final form, really, really good. But what we need to understand out of that is that it means that we can no longer take advantage of an immature ad product and a booming economy to run a poor business and still make money. You need to start focusing on business fundamentals and probably the most important business fundamental when it comes to scaling your direct consumer and e-commerce business is the LTV of your customer. You need to know how to get more money from the people that you're making sales to. Now, there's several different ways of doing this. One is get them to buy more than one item. So when they buy first, then through email or other channels, you get additional revenue, right? Somebody that might pay you 50 bucks today might be worth 200 over the next year or two. Great. That means that you don't have to make money on that first sale. If they're worth 200 over the next two years, you could pay $120 to acquire that customer. And you'll still make money. And you're making future cash flow decisions so that every morning you wake up and there's more money in your bank account and you didn't have to do anything. That type of cash flow is helping your operational costs and you can borrow against more of it to do fractional banking and effectively scale your business on future revenue. And that's how really big bands grow. That's how most massive brands have achieved their market share and get to the place where they're at. Scaling businesses rarely ever do it Profitable from day one, spending a portion of that profit on the growth of their business. That is an atypical situation. And there's always unicorns that get there. But let's be honest with ourselves. That's probably not you. And that's 100% okay. Because also those unicorns are far more susceptible to market shifts. And the vast majority of them see massive skyrocketing success and then completely tank and blow up and are non-existent. How many of those brands have we seen basically shoot through the moon and then crash? It happens all the time because their success probably has more to do with timing and market fit and that ship sails quickly. So we need to understand with your LTV is, can you get somebody to buy a second time? Can you raise the AOV of your first purchase? Can you sell somebody a bundle versus giving them a discount? What can you do to make the average customer worth more money to you? The more money that customer is worth to you, the more money you can pay to acquire that customer. If you can make somebody worth $50 more to you 
and you spent $20 more to acquire that customer, you made an extra $30 on that customer. You do that across a hundred people, a thousand, a million, you're going to be making way more money and you can scale your business because you're focusing on these metrics that are actually important. Remember, ROAS isn't cash flow. ROAS is how lucky were you today in a very out of context number. And they say, well, I'm looking at MER. MER doesn't help you make decisions. It just is how lucky we're, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a like a report card of the day, but it doesn't give you the context. You ultimately have to then dive into the context and then make decisions. And ultimately the numbers that you dive into are the numbers that are important anyway. MER is a gold star on a sheet of paper with no other information. That won't help you grow a business. I can't tell you how many businesses are successful but can't grow. Successful. I can't tell you how many businesses look bad on paper but continue to scale. I'm doing that with the business right now. When I started on the business, we were looking at a 0.4, 0 0.6 ROAS on day one. And we've 10X the business in the last eight months. Because we're worrying about LTV and the growth of the business on future revenue. Future revenue off of a sale today is how you can under is how you can plan for the growth of your business and how you can understand your growth potential. Getting a 3x ROAS on spend today means as soon as that ROAS goes away, you're done. And you've got some operating capital, but nothing to do. Setting yourself up for future revenue with LTV built off of additional purchases means you have more money consistently coming in. Having more money consistently coming in means you can have downtimes, you can have uptimes, and you can invest in the growth of your business instead of just trying to stay in business. When you focus on ROAS and MER, ultimately you're trying to stay in business. When you're focused on LTV and PSM, you're ultimately trying to grow your business. And that's one of the biggest reasons why when people see a nice ROAS and they spend up and then it tanks, they struggle because they're not focusing on the LTV of their customers. Now, when we have a Euro product where we're able to invest our time and energy into making the LTV of that customer journey better, better, and better, that means every sale that we make on the front end, every impression we deliver, every ad that gets served to any user, ultimately gives us more information to help improve the LTV. Now you can do that across four different products and you're gonna be at best 20, 30% as good as you could be at solving that problem because your money's getting split in four different directions or you can invest all of that in doing the one thing exceptionally well and getting better and better at it is going to tremendously help your ability to grow your business in the future. And if you can start to pair this with the, your unique selling proposition and really angle the market with some vertical integration, you're going to be fantastic. Now, we're going to get to USP in a minute, but I just did something there that's really important and I wanted to touch base on it. So that was a tease, vertical integration. One of the best ways of getting LTV from your customer is to sell complementary products and services. Now, I've given a lot of examples of this, and I've got dedicated whole long lectures about LTV. So I'm not going to go too much into this vertical integration part because we've covered it at length. But what I want you to understand is when somebody buys a product from you, they're not a customer. Think of them as a lead. How do I turn this person that bought from me once into somebody that's going to buy from me more than once, two, three, four, five times? The ultimate answer to that question is, Get products that when somebody buys one, they're likely to buy more. There's a reason why grocery stores sell groceries. When you buy one, you're likely to buy a second. Why is the hot dog bun next to the hot dog and the ketchup and the mustard? 
Because when you buy one, you're more likely to buy the others. Why do they put the beer next to the, the hot dogs and the grill equipment? Because you buy them all together. What can you do in your business to get somebody to buy it all together? What is the bundle you can make? Maybe you sell that bundle outright. Maybe you just know customers are more likely to buy one product after they buy the second one. You continue to move forward. But when you can focus on how do I get somebody to buy a product and then what's the next thing I can sell them and you work up from that to build your LTV on your customer, eventually getting those second and third sales are so much more profitable for your business that you will see it makes absolutely no sense and is a severe liability to start trying to sell other products and distract from the improvement of that one customer journey that you're improving the LTV on that ultimately gives you additional revenue and cash flow so that you can scale your business, manage inventory and operational costs as you grow. The acquisition of a customer is about the LTV. And in a recession, it's one of the greatest opportunities because large retailers are worried about customer retention because they already have this. But you as a direct consumer brand have a great opportunity focusing it on your unique selling prop, on your hero product with building that LTV journey to grab a piece of the market and own it. And we're going to get to that in just a minute. But I just want to cover this stuff. The LTV on your customer is the secret weapon to the scale of your business because ultimately you can spend to the LTV of that customer, not the AOV of the first purchase. That's gonna allow you to handle rising costs as you scale your budget, which are two truths in the marketing world you're gonna have to deal with. Now, if you have any questions on this stuff, please, ask them below look below too for more information in the article and if you like this information and want more of it sign up for the newsletter at newsletter.facebookdisruptor.com if you want more information on this kind of stuff and really start to grow your business in the ltv of your efforts the best investment you can make is the facebook ads mba program mba.facebookdisruptor.com check it out now the last thing that we need to cover here on how to scale your direct consumer and e-commerce business is something we call a usp a unique selling proposition. In the world of direct consumer, a lot of folks focus on discounting products. If I don't make a sale, I'm going to discount and retarget with that. Or I'm going to focus on Black Friday and running big discounts. There's a lot of reasons why that's a huge problem. But what we're going to cover today is the fact that price is a unique selling proposition you've already lost. Jeff Bezos basically won the price point battle. Walmart and Amazon own cheapest product. You cannot compete with cheapest product and expect to make more money unless you have the ability to sell millions of whatever it is that you're doing. Like, there's just not enough out there for you to win that battle. But... Your unique selling proposition gives you a tremendous opportunity to cover the ground that big brands do not cover. If you want to be a big brand, you kind of have to be everything to everybody. Very few big brands are extraordinarily specialized in what they do. Coca-Cola is soda, right? McDonald's is a burger and fries. Obviously, it's more complicated than that, but you get where I'm going. Nike is the trainer, is the sneaker for everybody, right? Here's the problem. 
every one of those big brands that defines the marketplace that you can buy in retail stores, which again, retail stores are also competing on cost. And all of these big brands and retail stores inside a recession are just focusing on retaining their customers, retaining their market share. They're trying to not lose money because they have investors and shareholders, which means they're going to make, take less risks and make more efforts to do boring, middle of the road, safe decision-making at a greatest scale as they possibly can. And price is going to be their unique selling point. And they can lose more money in a year than you'll spend in the entire lifespan of your business just to make sure that you can't compete with them on price. You're never going to win. That's not David versus Goliath. That's David versus a hundred Goliaths. You cannot win that battle. What you can do is what ultimately the direct consumer marketplace and e-commerce is built on. You can focus on doing a better job. Why is that brand popular? What do they do? And when they be ultimately went from being a specialist to a generalist, Nike went from being the like the shoe with the waffle to ultimately just being the kind of every sneaker. When you go from a specialist to a generalist, it means that there is room in the specialism for a lot of folks to succeed. This is where disruptive brands really come into play. When you see brands like Uber and Lyft, taxis were excellent. You, you need a ride, there it is. And, and that grew to the point where it became a commodity. And when it becomes a commodity, it ultimately means that somebody can do a better job. You know, taxis used to be really expensive and terrible service with people you couldn't trust. And now we had much better service with people that we kind of got to know or at least be able to understand that like they were being vetted and something that was cheaper. Now, price was a selling point there. And ultimately, taxis have kind of competed with that as Uber and Lyft have just gotten more and more expensive. Price can be a great leverage in, but that was also in a booming economy, not a recession. But you can see a lot of disruptive brands ultimately do something better. Netflix did better than cable at giving you the content you wanted when you wanted it in a way that was easier for you. They basically took cable was improved upon by TiVo and then Netflix basically took TiVo and made it on demand and expanded the entire breadth of what you could do. You need to figure out in your market what is the thing that the big players do? And how can you do a little piece of it a lot better? How can you do one side of their business much better than they can in a way where you can charge a little bit more money because you're providing a higher quality customer experience and service? And then ultimately, as that brand moves away from product quality to protect cost, and dumbs down their product to appeal to more folks during a recession to maintain customer and market share. You can do a better job in one specific aspect of their business than they are, and you are going to steal market share from them. A recession is an amazing time to grow a business. There are going to be books written about the people that leaned into their unique selling proposition during this time. And there are going to be dead bodies on all sides of the road of people that have really bright ideas that tried to compete as David versus 100 Goliaths on price 
and lost to Amazon and the, you know, Walmarts of the world. If you want to really scale your business, you need to understand what is the hero product that I have that is unique to me that I can build a strong LTV from. If you can figure that little equation out, that is the number one most important thing for you. If you can figure that equation out, then it pretty much all just comes down to creative testing to attract more people to come into your store and buy from you at a more efficient rate so that you can improve the volume of those customers. And as you're improving the volume of those customers, you're gonna be able to get a better set of data faster on understanding how to improve the conversion rate and the LTV and the second purchase rate and the AOV of those customer journeys. And the more and more you do that, the more and more money you're making, the more and more money you can spend in growing your business. And ultimately, the more and more you scale your business. Because scaling your business has nothing to do with spending more money. That is the ramification of doing everything else well. Scaling your business, the businesses that scale, find their unique proposition around a hero product that with a well-defined, stable, and scalable LTV that allows them to compete in the marketplace by leveraging a little corner of the world just for them. And some of those brands have ultimately grown to be huge. Disruptive brands become household names and ultimately kind of get watered down all the time. In the sneaker world, you had Skechers and New Balance. Those were kind of disruptive little edge pieces that have grown more and more market share. And we see now sneaker companies popping in all over the place, doing part of that job a lot better. You see it in fashion. You see it in consumer goods. You see it in packaged goods. You see it in cars. You see it all over the place. Why was Tesla huge? Not only because Elon is, is a great personality, but also, it's tremendously helpful to have an electric car in a world of gas cars and make it available to somebody in a business model that might make it work for you. Now, if you're ungodly wealthy and you can handle that, that launch, that's great. But you don't need to be that. There are a million brands that are worth eight figures with a small team that are growing every year, doing one thing better than the biggest players in the market. And all you need is to be a little bit better than everybody else in one specific thing and build a business around acquiring customers that are willing to pay you a little bit more to get a product that's higher quality for themselves. And as the rest of the market cheapens their product to lower their price to maintain profitability, you can make higher quality customer journeys and ultimately steal the market share of their former customers who feel like that product just isn't good enough anymore. They don't make it like they used to so you can make it like they used to or better. And that is gonna be the foundation of your direct consumer e-commerce business. I've scaled a lot of businesses and pretty much every year for the last five or six years, I've taken a seven figure business and put it on a nine figure run rate. Every single one of them has done this thing very well. Recap. Find your unique selling proposition around a hero product and develop LTV around that customer journey and drop literally everything else that gets in the way of making that better. Everything else is a distraction and a liability to the scale that you deserve. You wanna scale direct consumer e-commerce business, you have to learn how to be better than the people that don't care about their customers and find a way to turn that 
into future cash flow. If you like this, I love to know your feedback. Remember, sign up for the newsletter. If you want to really raise the LTV on your business and your life, you can find the Facebook Ads MBA program at Facebook, or sorry, mba.facebookdisruptor.com, my unique selling prop. I'm the guy that's actually done it year after year, over and over and over again to the tune of billions in revenue. And I can show you literally every step along the way in a way that is scalable horizontally and vertically that reduces your stress and improves your success. My hero product is the Facebook Ads MBA program. And my LTV is based on the fact that, well, once you get that, there's a lot more other ancillary skills that Disruptor School can sell you. So with that being said, go out there, scale your business. You deserve it. And YouTube thinks you might like a couple of these videos. Don't be afraid to subscribe. And until next time, I'll see you on the internet. Bye.